In the beginning, the sun was Eloah. The son of El was both with El, and the son of El was Eloah. Shabbat Shalom from Under the Dome. My name is Noel, and I am joined once again by my uh, Hebrews, Rob and Michael, or Michael and Rob. I believe both Rob and Michael are down in Florida still this this week. Here in Charleston, South Carolina, we were gearing up for the storm of the year, and the governor um, of the state, I believe, he he put us into a state of emergency yesterday, and all the grocery stores were like, you know, the shelves were getting emptied, and you could only like get one of each item. is really annoying. And we were expecting it to snow here in Charleston, which I was actually looking forward to. Unfortunately, here in the Palmetto State, if you do get snow, uh, the Palmettos die. I think the last time it snowed here was like three years ago. And it snowed for one day. It was like a freakish storm that came through, and the Palmetto in my front yard was killed. In fact, it was a palmetto massacre. Probably about a third to half of the palmettos just in my neighborhood all died. And you know it's cold in the state of Florida if you're sitting there and you see an iguana just like drop out of a palm tree, like just like a like a rock, just straight down. So I don't know what the weather is like for the rest of you guys. We woke up this morning and we had frost. It was just a little bit of frost. And one of our neighbors down the street uh, a boy he's friends with my sons he came running over in excitement because a rose in his mother's garden had frost on it and he wanted to tell us about it so the rest of you guys sitting in snow right now and shoveling your way <laughs> shoveling your way uh, out your front door uh, are probably just like nodding your heads right now and sighing but uh that was yeah we had a we were anticipating a snowstorm and got nothing anyways Welcome to the Diaspora of Yasharel, and of course, as you guys know, this is a uh, Torah-pursuant community that also believes Yahushua HaMashiach was uh, Messiah, and or is Messiah, or High Priest. And uh, so we study all of Scripture, starting in Genesis all the way to Revelation and all sorts of stuff. Anyways, we're going to be reading tonight. We have two chapters we'll be going through. John chapter 17, the Hebrew uh, Gospel of John. We're getting really close to finishing it. And then the Hebrew... Uh, Revelation chapter 7. So we're going to jump right into it. And I forgot to ask if there is anybody who would like to open us up in prayer. Is there anybody listening in tonight that would like to volunteer? All right, then I will go ahead and pray, and then I will be handing it off to Rob to start reading tonight. Our dearest Heavenly Father, Yahuwah, the Most High Elohim of Yasharel, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for this group, this community, that we can come together from all over this motionless plane, all over the United States, but in Canada and other countries, um, people from Europe, people from the Philippines, Africa, all over, that they can listen in and participate. And um, we, we, we humbly accept that we have been scattered over the face of this earth because of this, our sins, because of the sins of our fathers. And we are... Um, looking forward to the moment when we could re-enter the flock again, when Israel and Yehuda comes together into one flock. And uh, we are 
anxiously awaiting your son, Yahusha HaMashiach, to come in and gather us. And uh, we, we just pray that you would continually convict us of our sins, of our uh, uncleanliness, and that we would, we would repent of those things, that we would turn from the ways of the world and desire to be set apart, that we would seek out the truths in your word. And once again, just thank you for this time that you have given us, this window of opportunity. We don't know how long this is going to last, where we could actually come online and learn as a group. So I just pray we would be continually thankful and grateful for that and not take it for granted. And we pray all these things in the name of your son, Yahushua HaMashiach, and the Ruach HaKadosh. Amen. Okay, I'm going to be handing it off to Rob, and he's going to be reading tonight from John chapter 17. Thank you, No Praise be Yahweh. I will start with Yochanan, chapter 17, and I will read this chapter. Yeshua spoke these things, and he lifted up his eyes to the heavens and said, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son in order that your Son may glorify you. As you give him dominion of all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give them everlasting life, that they may know you, the only true El, and him who you have sent, Yeshua, Mashiach. I have made you known upon the earth. The work which you gave me to do, I have completed. Therefore you, Father, will glorify me with you, even with that light which I had with you before the world was created. I have revealed your name to the men of the world whom you, you gave to me. They are yours, and you gave them to me, and they establish my words. And now they know that all the words which you gave me are from you, so you gave them to me, and they establish your word. For the words which you gave me, I gave to them, and they received them, and they know in truth that I came out from you, and they believe that you sent me. I pray for them, not for the world, only for these which you gave to me, for they are yours. All are mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am not in the world anymore, but they are in the world, and I am coming unto you. Set apart, Father, keep them in your name, those whom you gave to me, that they may be a cod as we are. While I abode with them, I kept them in your name, those whom you gave me. I have kept, and none of them is missing, except the son of destruction, in order that the scripture may be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you and speak these words in the world in order that, there may they, that they may have jo my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your words, and the world had a report against them. I do, I do not plead that you will take them from the world, but that you will keep them from evil. They are not of the world, as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. 
As you sent me in the world, so I sent it in the world. And because of them, I sanctify myself, in order that they may be sanctified in truth. Now, I do not pray for these alone, but also them who will, be, who will believe in me through, your, through their words, so that all of them may be a cod, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, so that in us they may become a cod, in order that the world may believe that you sent me, and the light which you give me I will give to them that they may be a cod, as we are a cod. I in them, and you in me, in order that they may be a cod in everything, and that the world may know that you have sent me, and that you love them as you love me. Father, I desire that those whom you gave to me, that in the place where I will be, there they may be with me, in order that they may see my light, the seal which you gave me, for you loved me before the world existed. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you, and they know that you sent me, and that you love them, and I have made your name known to them, and I will do so again, that they will know it, so the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I may be in them. That is the end of chapter 17, and I'll pass it over to Michael for commentary. Yes, sir. Shabbat shalom, everyone. Um, I'm, I currently left Florida. I'm heading back into the woods, so just for clarification. <laughs> but um, So I'm going to start off my... Uh, part for Hebrew John 17, um, I kind of want to summarize it. So this is Yeshua's final prayer in this chapter, and the, the summarization is as follows. So in verses 1 through 5, Yeshua prays for himself. In verses 6 through 19, Yeshua prays for his disciples that were with him. And finally, in verses 20 through 26, Yeshua prays for all of Israel. Um, I also wanted to point out five times in this prayer, the Messiah refers to believers as a gift from the Father. Praise Yah. Um, and like usual, I'm going to split my comments up, and we'll start with the first half. I only have a little bit, and way, way more in the second half. But um, I'm going to read Hebrew 1. Let's read that right now. Yeshua spoke these things, and he lifted up his eyes to the heavens and said, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son in order that your Son may glorify you. I want to point out, and this, I've heard of this before, but I always forget it and I always go back to the other way. But Yeshua is praying with his eyes open and he's lifting up his eyes to the Father. Yet most of us pray, we bow our heads. Um, should we not pray with our eyes closed and heads bound down? That's my first comment and a question for the group. Um, number three, I'm going to read both. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent, and in the Hebrew, that they may know you, the only true El, and him you have sent, Yeshua HaMashiach. So I wanted to again point out, we've, we've done this a few times in, in John, that it, there's a separation between the only true God, or only true El, and then Jesus Christ, or the Yeshua HaMashiach. Um, so again, I wanted to point out for, you know, the Trinity, folks out there. And then also, uh, 
you know, I was reading some some comments on this this verse, and people would say that this is Jesus's definition of life eternal, because he says it here. And this is life eternal, that they may know thee and only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. That's that's totally missing in the Hebrew. So that's I think that's kind of a big deal um, that they removed that, probably for the better. Um, and then finally, and then I'll pass it off to Noel, number five. I'm just going to read the Hebrew for this one. Therefore, you, Father, will glorify me with you, even with that light, which I had with you before the world was created. Um, nothing too breathtaking here, but I just want to point out that this is another claim that Yeshua is making of his preexistence, that he was before the world was or before the world was created. I have plenty more notes on the second part, but this will be a great split, and I'll hand it off to Noel for commentary. Yeah, there's several things I I, I, I want to talk about on here, but I hear I've been giving given an advance preview that Rob actually has more of his uh, note cards that he wants to present on here. So there's some things on here I'm going to hold back on because I don't want to steal um, any uh, lightning or thunder from him on that. I, I want to see what what's on those presentations. But let's just give some context here to this chapter. All right, and I've been saying this every single week for the last few weeks that this is it, it's very much it reminds me of Deuteronomy when Moshe is speaking to Israel in the same context he is about to die and this is his last words uh, to everyone who of that wilderness generation and here's the same thing he Yahusha is he's about to die that next day he's already been betrayed and we see here for about four or maybe going on five chapters now where it's this continual last his last words to his disciples and, and what's really fascinating here is that i well i didn't check the other three gospels but they all record his prayer i think on that night and i had asked myself what is it about this last prayer on this night that they decided to record for the gospel surely if they had been with him for anywhere from one year to three years or three and a half years or whatever the the consensus is on that that they would have seen him pray to the father at other times they would have taken note of it and surely he would have taught them how to pray and uh and he prayed a lot he went off by himself a lot privately and prayed but here he is right in front of them and maybe it's because maybe it's simply because it was a traumatic event for all of them to see him crucified and the, what what happened and this was all burned into their memory but uh, i wanted to make a note of that so it's interesting that you know he, here he is he's praying in front of them and they're recording it the second thing is is that this chapter particularly and and james in our group was is saying this before we started he and i were talking about this chapter and uh, this john chapter 17 is probably my favorite chapter, and that James said the same thing, but this is probably my favorite chapter that John ever wrote. And again, John is my favorite author of the New Testament, maybe even the Bible. I, I love John as an author. And I used to turn to this chapter when I was a teenager. And I would, just to be comforted, to know that, wow, like, the Father really does love me. And here we see what's so spectacular about this chapter is that Yahusha is actually, he's not just praying for his disciples, he's actually praying for everyone who the Father gives him. And through the ages, like, the, 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 the people that will be 
affected firsthand by the disciples, and then so on and so forth. And because we we follow that trail, right? Yahusha spoke to his 12. The 12 then spread that message. The, who then spread the message, spread the message, spread the message, spread the message, and finally here we are. And what we're seeing in this chapter is Yahusha's role in heaven. When we get to Revelation and we see him walking amongst the, the uh, seven menorahs, you know, he is, he is the high priest of the Meshelzedek priesthood. We're seeing a, a, a priest and a king, and we're seeing him at work. And it's just so, um, I don't know if, if I, the touching is the right word, but it is, it's wonderful to know that our Messiah actually prays for us. And um, those, are, those are comforting words. So with that, I'm going to turn it back to Rob because I can't wait to see what his notes are tonight. All right, thank you, Noel. Uh, I'll comment on Michael and 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 yourself there regarding the prayers. My my feedback is I do both as far as you know, cl closing the eyes and bowing the head and reverence and prayer, and then I also uh, talk with the Father, with my eyes open, my arms in the air, looking up up above. I mean, all of that. It's it's uh, it's yeah. I'm, I'm, I am definitely, I, I do both of those and, and probably everything in between, but uh, that's something I do as far as my share on that. And then I wanted to point out on uh, verse uh, five with the light that Michael was talking about, the light that I had before the world was created. I was, I was thinking about Adam and Eve as they were uh, more or less beings of light before the fall. And then my and then my question comes in in the statement or in the uh, the 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 verse itself. Therefore, Father will glorify me with with you, even with the light which I had with you before the world was created. So it makes you uh, question if he had it. When did he lose it? Uh, and I and I would you know whether that would be at some point in the past or when he was brought into this world. I don't know. That's up for up for debate on that. Uh, now I'm going to share <clears throat> one of my slides here just to discuss. And this one here is regarding it is time. Here's Yeshua talking with the Father, praying to the Father. And he's declaring uh, it is his time. Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son in order that your Son may glorify you. As you give him dominion of all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give them everlasting life, that, you, that they may know you, the only true El, and him who you have sent, Yeshua Mashiach. So here he's, he's declaring it and dominion over all the flesh because, because of his presence and because of his words that were the words of the Father, he was that second witness of, of the Father, declaring it, walking it out, living it, and being that example that we can follow. Because he, he explains where the Pharisees and the teachers of the time were not doing it the proper way. They were, yeah, they were following the letter of the law, but they were not using the lens of love 
which is the whole tour is hung upon. So he clarified that. And then this totally relates back to when he made this, this statement, his time has come back in John 12. And that's when he was saying the son of man will be, be exalted. So he, he's, he's now validating his prior conversations that he had when he was talking about uh, uh, earlier with, with him being exalted with his time to come. Truly, I say to you, if a grain, uh, a grain of mustard, which falls there, does not die, it remains alone. But if it dies, it gives much fruit. Whosoever loves his nefesh will cause it to perish. But he who condemns his life in this world will be justified to everlasting life. So he's tying this all in. For I do not speak of myself, but the Father who sent me. He commanded me to speak and to command. And I know that his commandment is everlasting life. There it is again. And which I speak is identical to which the Father speaks. So I speak. And... Over and over and over, he's just validating and obeying what the Father has commanded him to do throughout all these scriptures. So uh, I will now follow up with another one. And I hope you like the colors. All right, here is uh, him making this statement, it is completed. And we see that he says, I have made you known upon the earth. So he's telling the Father, I've made you known upon the earth the work which you gave me to do, I have completed. So here he's making the statement that the work that he was, he was given to do, he completed it. So what, what, does, what does that work? What does that mean? And, and so when you think about his work, he's given us examples, such as uh, uh, Yeshua tells us that he does, <clears throat> he tells us to do as he does. So in, in the foot washing parable, it, he's showing that uh, the servant is no greater than his master or his adon. And he who wants to serve him, let, he wants to, uh, let me read the verse. He who wants to serve me, let him serve following after me. And at the place where I am, my servant must be. He who serves me, my father will honor him. So, his example is servitude and servitude and obedience. Just like he just said, I have done everything that my father had gave me to do. He's doing it. Same as us. If we believe, trust, and have faith in him, we will do what he has done and follow and be servants and loving one another. So I've got two key points, and, and, and this isn't exhaustive. This is just two points that are high level, and I think they're two key points for the work of, Ye of Yeshua. One is the kingdom. His first words in his ministry recorded were, this is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of Yah is at hand. Repent and believe in the good news. So here we see, we, we all know that Yeshua, his work was to come and uh, give us the good news of the kingdom. Yeshua speaks of the kingdom 36 times in Matthew, 14 times in Mark, and 32 times in Luke. The, parable, uh, the parables that he gives, uh, he gives so many parables and just a few examples. The, king, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It's like leaven. It's like a treasure. It's like a merchant. It's like a net. It's like a householder. It's like a man going on a journey, etc. He's giving us uh, these parables to better understand what the kingdom of heaven is like.
The kingdom is both present and future, and the requirements. And this is what's key. What, what are the requirements? Repentance, change of mind, changing from the ways of sin of this world. Belief, you have to entrust that, that you believe in him, believe that this is true, and you also must have the faith. So faith is f the fidelity to the duties. That means you are committed you're going to do them. You're 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 devoted and 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 um, uh, uh, will work those out. So all, all three of these are key. And what happens in mainstream Christianity, a lot of uh, a lot of the words are are flippantly used, and and I do understand why. But if you if you don't understand that, you have to take them all in context. You can't quote one scripture and say that is salvation. You have to take them all in context to understand salvation. Because if we, uh, we look at uh, repentance, if you repent, is that, is, is that guaranteed? No. If you repent and believe, is that guaranteed? No. If you repent, believe, and have faith, because you're doing everything that you know you should be doing, and then you pass away and die... Then at that point, I would say, I mean, I'm not a judge, but I'm saying that uh, if, if you are true in that, the Father knows your hearts. So that, that, that would be the, the I guess, the base, best case scenario, if, if, you, if you will. And I can't just say that is, is, because I can't judge anyone's heart. And second is love. When the Pharisees asked Yeshua about the greatest commandment, he replied that it was to love Yah and love others. All the law and all the prophets hang on these two commandments. In other words, the law was subject to the guiding value of love. And that is what the Pharisees were not doing. And that is where Yeshua was coming in to clarify that if, if you take the commandments, if you want to take all 600, you want to take the 10 commandments, it's all based on love. And you have to... Look at them through the lens of love when you're interpreting these commands. So uh, that is the completed work of Yeshua and a description of what I wanted to share on that. And lastly, I will, for this part, and then I'll go into second part after next turnaround. But lastly, I wanted to share the Beatitudes and go over them quickly because this is also part of understanding. The, the salvation, the repentance, the belief, and the faith. And, and then we, 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 we need to understand what does that look like? What, if we are to serve as Yeshua served and do as he has done, we can, we can look here in the Beatitudes and better understand that. The poor in spirit. Be the last of all, the servant of all. Do not judge others and share all. The, those who mourn, consider well the people you and others have lost, the things you have not done well, and things you long for. The meek, be slow to anger and drop the ego. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, our words and actions prove our righteousness. As Yeshua portrayed, we must bear good fruit if we love him. The merciful, they strive to do the right thing. Forgive others than, them, than yourself. The pure in heart, they look, look at things from the eyes of others 
And this is key. A lot of people can't do that. The peacemakers love shalom and be involved in helping others to make shalom. Build your castle with blameless foundations. Be wise and gentle. And lastly, they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. Do not stop doing the right thing because of others. So that, that's what I wanted to share on the first part of what I got out of John, because I also love John. I, I got a nice childhood story on that. I mean, uh, picking my favorite apostle and all that stuff with, with scriptures and that John was mine. And, and I just love the words. First John, second John, also great stuff. But uh, I'll pass it on to Michael for now. Great job, Rob. Way to carry the team on that first half because we didn't have much. But um, I am, I'll start with my second half commentary. Um, number 16, I'm going to read the Hebrew. They are, they are not of this world as I am not of the world. I'm going to share two cross-references about us not being from this world. So Philippians 3.20, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, in Leviticus 11, 44 through 45, For I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourself, therefore, and be holy, because I am holy. And you shall not make yourselves unclean with any of the swarming things that swarm in the earth. For I am the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God, so you should be holy, because I am holy. So just, you know, no matter what is happening in this world, just remember that our citizenship is for something greater than this. Um, number 17, I have a decent amount on. So I'm going to read the Hebrew as well. Um, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. And I'm going to go to the go-to for Torah pursuing individuals. So Psalms 119-142, your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your law or your Torah is the truth. So it's saying your word is the truth. He's speaking the Torah. Um, I want to talk about that there are many examples of sanctifying yourself in the Old Testament. And I'm going to summarize some of those for you guys. So the Israelites were required to consecrate themselves from the Sinai theophany, including washing themselves and donning clean garments. Aaron and the Levite priests must be consecrated to serve in the temple. Sacrificial offerings made to Yah must be consecrated. And finally, the tabernacle, temple, furniture, utensils, and clothing associated with it must likewise be consecrated. Many examples in the old, quote-unquote old, that we are supposed to sanctify ourselves before getting into a relationship with the Most High. And I think, obviously, we should continue to do that. Um, two more things. Um, number 19, I'll read the Hebrew as well. And because of them, I sanctify myself in order that they may be sanctified in truth. Um, the cross-reference would be Hebrews 2.11. For both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all from one Father. For this reason, he is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. I love that um, because, you know, we are one just as a husband and wife are one, just as the bride and Yeshua are one. And it's also saying we are one with the Father um, and also brothers and sisters. That's amazing. You know, we are heirs grafted into this holy family, set apart family. And then finally, you know, it's a perfect lead in because 21 through 23 is all about a cod. So I'm going to just quickly read the Hebrew. Um, so that all of them may be a cod, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, so that in us they may become a cod, in order that the world may believe that you sent me. And the light which you gave me I will give to them, that they may be a cod as we are a cod, I in them and you in me, in order that they may be a cod in everything. 
and that the world may know that you have sent me and that you love them as you love me. I'll stop there. But, um, you know, this just, for me, directly equates to the Shema. And I want to read someone's, I guess, interpretation of the Shema. That they did a way better job than me. So Shema is one of the most important words in the Torah, yet it is one of the most misunderstood words. One reason is because there is no singular English word to translate the Shema. It means to listen, to heed, to pay attention, to understand, to respond, and to obey. Notice that the Mosai does not command us to simply to obey, but to heed and do. In fact, there is no verb for obey in the Torah. Instead, some form of Shema is used. Listening and speaking are forms of communication. The eye does not want blind obedience, but rather an intimate relationship. And I, th I thought this was just a great way to end this, the last part of John, about us being one with him, sanctifying ourselves, showing that, you know, the, the Torah is the truth, all the different examples of the Israelites sanctifying themselves. And that it, the reason is to become a cod and become one with the Father and the Son. That's what I got for John. I'll pass it over to Noel. I'm putting it here, Deuteronomy 6.4, and uh, let's see if BibleBot doesn't let me down today. It says, Here, O Yasharel, our Elohim is one. And this is one of the famous verses of where we get Ikad. And if you do searches on this on Google, on Deuteronomy 6.4, there'll be people debating the Trinity. Does this disprove the Trinity and this kind of stuff? And, you know, what's, in my opinion, uh, John 17 speaks against the trinity you know people people will push this to no end i don't need to define it again we've done this before in past weeks but let me read verse 11 right here and it says and i am and as as michael pointed out that you know this is like the akkad chapter which is a, really a beautiful way for yahushua to end his last message to his disciples before he he is crucified and the theme here of this prayer is ikad all right so verse 11 in the hebrew trans uh i guess hebrew targum and i am not in the world anymore but they are in the world and i am coming unto you set apart father and again set apart is the same thing as saying holy father keep them in your name those whom you gave to me that they may be ikad as we are all right so if Ikad is pointing to the Trinity, then we've got a problem if he's praying that we, his followers, would be, uh, <laughs> uh, I guess, unified in the same way as how a Trinity would be defined. Uh, the other verse here, verse 21, so that all of them may be Ikad, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, so that, so that in us, they may become Ikad, in order that the world may believe that you sent me. So again, that, that is really confusing if we're thinking of Ikad in terms of a Trinitarian unit, of a co-equal Father, Son, Holy Spirit, like a triangle, um, always existent together, and three persons, one one God. And that becomes really confusing if he is now calling on us to be a cod with him. So when I think of a cod, and, and I was doing, of course, a word search on this to prepare for this chapter, it, the, the general idea of a cod is a unit. Um, what One being a unit of the whole, 
as nothing by design is one and everything is part of something else. So one of the ways you can think about this is a tree in a forest. All right. And the, if the, you can almost think of like the trees with the forces in unity together, but there's all these different trees or, but a far better example is of a family unit, one family, but they are in a cod. They are all unified together. The, the, the father and the mother, you could say that the husband and the wife and the son and the daughter or, or whatever. So what Yahusha here is doing is that he is praying that his disciples and his followers would come into the family unit, right? Into the Sikad. And I think that's a, that's a really beautiful picture of, of, this, of what we see in Deuteronomy of here, O Yasharel, our Elohim is one, a Kad. All right, so that's kind of what I really wanted to, to cover on this chapter. Oh, one more thing, because I had mentioned before that we're seeing him in his what his duties, I believe, looks like as a Meshelzedek priest, partly, and what his prayer life looks like. And it's a beautiful prayer life, how he prays for us. But I wanted to make a comparison to Yahusha and Moses here. And once again, I'm going to be relying on Bible Bot. We're going to turn to Exodus chapter 33, verses 12 through 19. And it says, I'll go ahead and read this off for you. And Moshe said to Yahuwah, See, you are saying to me, bring up this people, but you have not made known to me whom you would send with me, though you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my eyes. And now please, if I have found favor in your eyes, please show me your way and let me know you so that I find favor in your eyes. So I'm going to stop right here, and this may this may be unthinkable to uh, a Torah-only crowd. Um, I don't know, but it seems here that what Moses Moshe right here is praying for is for Echad, that he would um, be known to him, to the Most High, and the Most High to him, and that they would be in unity together, right, finding favor in his eyes, and and specifically knowing him. And then he goes on to say, and consider that this nation is your people. All right, so now Moses is going to be turning it from knowing the Father, um, knowing the Most High, and being in unity with him and seeing his glory, to being an intercessor and praying for the people, just as Yahusha does here uh, in John chapter 17. And he said, my presence does go and I shall give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence is not going, do not lead us up from here. For how then shall it be known that I have found favor in your eyes, I and your people, except you go with us? Then, shall, uh, then we shall be dis- distinguished, I and your people, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. And Yahuwah said to Moshe, even this word you have spoken, I shall do. For you have found favor in my eyes and I know you by name. Then he said, please show me your esteem. And he said, I shall cause all my goodness to pass before you, and I shall proclaim the name of Yahuwah before you, and I shall favor him whom I favor, and shall have compassion on him whom I have compassion. Um, I'm going to turn to one more real quick here. Uh, Really the chapter four, I guess I should have started with this one first. Exodus 32, 9 through 14. 
And Yahuwah here, now keep in mind, contextually what's going on is that Yahuwah, like, he wants to destroy the people. And he says here in the first line of Exodus 32, verse 9, And Yahuwah said to Moshe, I have seen this people, and see, it is a stiff-necked people. And he wants to just destroy them and start from scratch. And he tells Moses, or Moshe, he's like, I'll, I'll just start with you, just like I did with Abraham. Just start again. And Moshe is actually being an intercessor here in trying to stop the destruction of the people, uh, which is, you know, an amazing characteristic of the Messiah himself. And now, let me alone, that my wrath might burn against them, and I consume them, and I make of you a great nation, just as I explained. But Moshe pleaded with his Elohim and said, Yahuwah, why does your wrath burn against your people whom you have brought out of the land of Mitzrayim with great power and with a strong hand? Why should the Mizraites speak and say, for evil he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from the heat of your wrath and relent from this evil to your people. Remember, Abraham, Yitzhak, and uh, Yesharel, or Yaakov, your servants to whom you swore by yourself and said to them, I increased your seed like the stars of heaven and all this land I have spoken of, I give to your seed and they shall inherit it forever. And Yahuwah relented from the evil, which he said he would do to his people. So I, anyways, I wanted to connect that with what we're seeing in John chapter 17, because guys, it's a, if, if Yahusha is personally praying for us to the father, that's an amazing thing. Like he is, he truly is our intercessor. He is our savior. He is keeping us from wrath. And he is um, uh, just, that's an incredible love. And this is one of the reasons why this chapter is so personally meaningful to to me. And I'll say one more thing because Michael had commented on it and then Rob did that when I pray, I also, yeah, there's moments where I do close my eyes. And, and the reason I close my eyes is so that I pull uh, pull away from any other distractions. I might be, you know, in a room where if I have my eyes open, I'm going to start thinking about those things. Like maybe there's books on the wall or, you know, the TV or, you know, things that are just going to pull me away from being in that moment. But yeah, when I'm outside, I'm walking through the woods. I'm, you know, there's that the the fragrances of the forest or nature, and I can look up and I can see the the moon and the the starry firmament and all that stuff. Yeah, like I'm I'm opening my eyes and I'm looking at that and just just turning all that attention on the Creator and just you know thanking Him for His um, this beautiful world He has made and it really truly is. So I think I'm turning it back over to to Rob. Uh, yes, thank you, Noel, uh, and I agree. I am going to follow up on a few things Michael said, and well, I'll do that while I I drop my last slide here and talk about it. And this part here is is really a, a the summary of eleven through twenty six, and. I think the, the most powerful thing that spoke to me was his prayer about keeping us from evil. He's, he's praying to the Father, uh, I do not plead that you will take them from the world, but that you will keep them from evil. And we learned that uh, back in the Testament of Job, that Job uh, was tearing down the 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 high places of Hasatan and and his people, and so Job was crossing the line 
on the enemy's turf. And and here, what what I've learned from that is that we get, we have to be very cautious in going after the enemy. We we should be more focused on going after the lost sheep, and the Father will will keep us from evil. At least that's how I interpret that. All right, and so I, I'm going to point point out a few things in these in the in these verses that I highlighted in my uh, slide. And here, first is, I am not in the world anymore, Yeshua is saying. And if you think about that, we know that in the next, what, 24 hours, I believe, or so, he, he's going to be crucified at this point. I know it's very shortly afterwards. And so he's making a statement, I'm, I am not in the world anymore. And then he's, he's making this prayer uh, in speaking to the Father uh, on our behalf, uh, for the disciples, and, and for uh, Israel. So, uh, he's, he, he's talking to the Father and what he shared with the world so that, well, what he's sharing with the world is that we can have joy uh, in, in the words that he has shared. So, there is hope, there is joy, etc. And the interesting part is that the world had a report against, against us. And so, by those who believe, sharing the gospel, the good news with the world, we are, we are acting as that second witness. So when judgment comes upon the world, Yeshua will be able to say, I sent my children out into the world to tell you of me, about me, and you rejected me. So that's another thing to think about here. And he, he's declaring it. The world has a report against them. But we are, to, we are to go out and tell the world so we can find the lost sheep. And those that are rejecting us, those are the ones that will have to answer one day. And, and it is what it is. All right. And then the other part that I, circ that I highlighted is he, uh, he will keep us from evil. So I think that's very key and very uh, interesting. So that when we walk, we should be walking in love and in prayer and in his word so that we are covered and kept from evil. And then Michael covered to sanctify them in truth. The word is truth. Uh, that's, that one should be a, 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 a pretty obvious one. The word is truth. So if we are constantly in the word, we will be strengthened and uh, uh, sanctified. And, and then another part here I highlighted is that, but also for them who will believe in me, through their words. So Yeshua is talking about the people in the future down the road who will believe the words of, of the disciples. And that, that's talking about us right now in this time. So I find that very comforting that he's praying at that point for us in the future that are hearing their words that they wrote upon or wrote about him. Uh, and then in, in, and then uh, then I highlighted in order that the world may believe that you sent me. Once again, that's going back to the second witness uh, part. And, and then Michael covered and Noel covered the Akkad. And then lastly, I, the last one I wanted to bring up is the seal that's mentioned here. So it says, in, I'll, re I'll read this verse. Father, I desire that those whom you gave to me, that in the place where I will be, there they may be with me in order that they may see my light 
the seal which you gave me. And looking at the Hebrew, I was talking to Ronit about this, and the seal and in the, the Hebrew that is on the website there, it 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 means apostleship. So in order that they may see the light, um here let me let me better translate that. It is give me a second. In order that they will see the light of their apostleship, which you gave me because you loved me before the world existed. So this seal is apostleship, and that apostleship is authority and also a responsibility to go forth and be the representative of the Father himself. So that I wanted to share because I thought that part there was key regarding this seal apostleship that was given to him um, as the light. So with that, I will end and pass back over to Michael and Noel uh, for further comments on that. I have nothing else to add on John, but I, I wanted to bring up uh, Deborah's, Deborah Yah's uh, question, unless Noel had anything else um, before we open it up. I have nothing else, and I was going to uh, open up for roundtable. Perfect, perfect. Um, so I'm going to read her question. So and maybe we can roundtable it and ask others. Uh, I know Rob and I have dealt with this. I've wondered about when people claim to be a cod, yet judge for Shabbat observance, calendar, or what books they read outside 66. This is outside of Yah's law on love, right? Or do you stand against brothers and sisters outside of your own understanding strongly? I've heard very hurtful behavior rampant in the Torah body. Uh, totally agree. <laughs> um, that's why... You know, Rob will back me up that it's about the fruits because my, my my YouTube channel, the very small one, it's called My Current Understanding, and it's it's literally just that. It's this is where where I'm at right now, and I'm open to change. And if you ask any of us uh, where we were three years ago, our, our theology was <laughs> not even close to what it is now. So it's all about how you treat people in disagreement. Um, Rob, Noel, do you want to add to that? Yeah, yeah oh, go ahead, Rob. Uh, I'll go real quick, and then uh, you, you can go, Noah. I just wanted to follow up with Michael on that, because, yeah, that, that's one of the things that we we experience, is people, uh, if, if they are saying they are followers of Christ and, uh, quote, Torah observant, then if they're not looking through the lens of love, which I just talked about, that they're going to be judges. And they, maybe they don't realize it. I don't know. But the, I've seen many of them acting as judges upon others. And, and, and then some of them do it pretty harshly uh, in that sense. And, and it goes back to the, the Beatitudes I shared even now. So it's a great point that you brought this up. Is, is are they, are they, are they self-examining? And I find that a lot of people don't or won't do that. Uh, if, if you're making a judgment call upon someone, whoever it is, uh, the world even, uh, mainstream Christianity, and any, 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 anyone even in, in the walk or your fellowship, you have to self-examine, need to examine yourself in what, what you said, why you said it, and what was the intention of saying it. If you're saying something in love because of your concern for them, 
then are you saying it in the way of love even? Or are you, or are you just condemning them? Or are you just mocking them? Or are you, uh, you know, it's how you do it and, and what you say. And if you have a true love and concern for them, if you feel they're doing it wrong, then you should express it in a loving, kind way. And if they still reject you or don't want to hear it, then then you can. We know the process of doing it. You you, you go to them yourselves. If if it's something they're they're doing in a continuous sin or whatever, then you then you get another brother or sister to come with you and and share that in love, and and so forth. Get an elder, but. I don't see that process going on. I see just people saying things, especially on YouTube land, just people condemning and, and mocking others and doing hit pieces and whatever else. And that that right there is showing their fruit and should put them at full suspect of a false teacher or just a a person acting out in sin or whatever, what, however you want to label it. But it, that is not the way the children of, of Yah should be uh, acting. So that's that's my input on that. Noel? Yeah, I don't actually have anything else to add on that. I mean, my, my hope is uh, when I, as a researcher and someone who has been researching and presenting things for several years now to the Truther community and now the Torah community uh, mainly, uh, I hope that my, my own approach is to uh, not not belittle other people in their convictions, but there, I mean, there's some things as you guys know that I'm actually very sensitive about presenting because I know that others are going to have a very different view. And um, I, I tend to think that, I mean, I know that there's probably some, some ministries out there that go out there and attack and belittle others, but if they are, they it's, it's, it's the old rule that if you, you walk into a bar and there's like this big buff, like greased up guy, like, you know, he's like, like his shirt is barely on because of his muscles. It's going to like, he's the guy that like you can trust and kind of hang around. Like he's not going to hurt you. It's it's always the dwarf standing on the table with the, the bottle that you, you don't turn your back to that. He's going to slash you. Right. And I think that a lot of times when people uh, go on the attack, it's usually because they, if it's a smaller ministry, it's because they feel um, uh, the spirit of envy or, um, you know, or jealousy, and they're trying to cut someone else down. But I think a lot of people running around in the comment section on social media, it, social media, one of the reasons I left Facebook is because it, it's set up in such a way as to weaponize people and ideas and, and, you know, turn people against each other and turn everyone's, you know, comment into something where it, you know, it's just, just slashing people and cutting them down. And I, I couldn't take that. And that's what the reason I had to leave it. Um, so yeah, it's, it is everywhere. And I hope here at the unexpected cosmology and here, in, of course, on our Sabbath group, the diaspora of Yasharel, that we can continue to create an environment where everyone could share their different beliefs um, on how on, on Torah and on you know the the laws and the specifics and how we go about doing things with respect for other people. And I think we've been doing a very good job of that overall here. So I didn't really have anything to add on that. I think you guys um, really covered that very well. So. I want I want to open this up to anybody else here. To, if you had any 
comments, observations on John chapter 17? Uh, before we get going, I wanted to see if Debrah had a, had a, any commentary of her own on what she asked, or if not, we can just we can open it up. Oh, she's typing. Is James ready to share? Yeah, but I want I want Deborah uh, to give her. Yeah, the whole calendar issue is going to be a, a controversial with any group, and uh, I know the group here. We are we we are very open uh, and understand that interpretations are going to be different. And just what research I know I have done in that I have found, uh, I haven't found one that was like 100%. So I, I have not been able to uh, land on one of them. So I leave it open and I don't, uh, I don't become judge in that. Just uh, people want to share opinion. That's great and views. But when someone comes upon it, like it's, you know, detrimentally uh, something that you must do then uh you know that's that's them and it's just like the whole tour terrorist thing you you've got to learn that not everybody is going to not everybody either is ready for the truth and not everybody is going to accept the truth uh when you want them to so you have to do it in love and let them come to the come to the truth and you may find out three years down the road, your view on, let's say, a calendar might have actually changed. So that's that's kind of back to what Michael was saying, our current understanding. And let's have love and compassion for each other with where they are at. And let's share our truths in a loving, kind uh, way for uh, our father. Well, you're in great company because we, we read all those books <laughs> here. She puts lots of people judge others for reading Jasper, Jubilees, Adam and Eve. Um, but just to go back to the issue of lunar sabbatarians um, being called wolves, I mean, insert any category being called wolves. Um, I know people that are lunar sabbatarians that have good fruit and have don't have good fruit. So for me, it's how you act with the knowledge or wisdom Yah has given you. And it's not really the, the actual thing you hang your hat on. It's how you present it and how you share it and how you love others through it. Yeah, going back to my uh, my, which I thought was awesome, my dwarf on the table analogy is what I was what I was going by that is that it seems like people who a lot of the the Torah terrorists who go around they don't tend to be content providers in my opinion. Like they're not the ones sticking their neck out there and their their reputation, their name on the line. They often have fake names on social media. They have nothing at stake and they just go out there and they just, they, they treat these ministries as special interest groups. They're like, if you're not going to agree to what I want you to advocate, I'm going to treat you in this way. I have noticed a lot of, um, I think of, I, I think a lot of lunar South people do get that reputation because maybe they're a minority. They have a lot more to prove. I don't know. Now, I have said specific on here that I am a Seventh-day um, Sabbath keeper. And I came really close, so close to going lunar Sabbath. Back in the summer of 2020, I was investigating it 
heavily. My wife and I both were. We were watching all this, the videos that uh, the Lunar Solar Sabbath people were giving us to to uh, watch and to study. I went out to I drove out to Zen Garcia's conference in Atlanta. That was September of 2020, thinking that I would walk away from that being lunar solar. I was that close. My wife had already talked to her boss and coworkers and saying that we would be, you know, having this really bizarre schedule of taking days off and they were all for it. Like there was nothing holding us back. Now I am still seventh day for some very specific reasons, but I also, even though I have my convictions on why I'm, seventh day and i will um i will show those views as to why i am uh just so everybody realizes that at the unexpected cosmology on my website i actually published the original papers by diane cover now the reason why zen garcia for those of you who know zen garcia is he is he is one of the guys that has pushed lunar uh lunar solar sabbath on a lot of our consciousnesses, uh, he's heavily responsible for it, but he has never actually written a book on it. He has yet to write a book on it. And the reason he has not is he says because of Diane, because she is his main author and she publishes through Sacred Word Publishing. She just came out with her second and she's, I think, working on a third. But I published those on there. Um, and it confuses some people because people come and ask if I'm lunar uh, uh, solar now. I say no, but as I say regularly is I like when there are people who have a different point of view than me or different conclusions. And I like when they also have research to back them because if the day comes where I realize that I am no longer going to be seventh day Sabbath, I'm going to have research to fall back on to say, wow, look at all this that they have done. Thank you for that. Because now I can, you know, I don't have to just make this up and come up with this myself. So, um, Hopefully we can, you know, continue to to keep to our convictions, but also humbly look at other points of view. And I will continue to do that in this area. Uh, continue to look at the evidence that is brought up and to weigh it out, and and so on and so forth. So, what's interesting? What's interesting, though, I will say recent. Uh, quickly that I think for those of you this last year who have seen me get uh, the most grumpy, it tends to be around the lunar solar people, even though I publish them on my website, I, I'm happy to give them a, a soapbox to stand from and to give their perspective. And if it's well written, I will publish it as I have shown with Diane, but I tend to find that uh, you guys saw me this last year. I got <laughs> that, like the one time I like, I lost my cool and I got really honorary is, is when I was just, you know, as a ministry, because I'm a, here we are on, on Sabbath, it happens, yes, it happens to be Saturday. On a seventh day ministry, when I had people, when I have people coming over, you know, treating me like a, you know, special interest, their special interest that they want me to promote their idea. And if I don't, they're going to start coming at me really hard and accusing me of things. And I thought you were, I thought you were truth, Noel. I thought you were pursuing truth, right? And that's usually where I like, I lose my cool and I'm like, okay, you know. All right, but anyways, um, anybody else want to add anything? James, I know th you had a lot you wanted to say on this chapter. I want to give anyone who has an opportunity or wants to before no, I... I have just given okay. you the opportunity, James. Okay. So this right, is your good. this is your take... your your starring moment. Just don't mind me while I pass out. Kidding. Okay, so I had like I had like nine points. Um, and I'll try to go through these quickly with the fore, uh, forethought of 
I missed the initial reading because my toddler was having a screaming fit. And I think I missed the first uh, round of commentary. So I apologize if I say uh, anything that was already touched on. It's not that I was ignoring you guys. I just literally could not hear you. So um, starting in verse 6, I found it fascinating that... um, Okay, so I'll read it. I have revealed your name to the men of the world whom you gave me. They are yours, and you gave them to me, and they establish my words. Uh, The thing I found fascinating there is that Yahushua changes... Well, the Hebrew changes from your words to my words. And to me, that immediately just, like, locks in place that Yahushua is claiming authorship of Torah. Like, we've all, we've all understood that as being the case, but just to see it here laid out plainly, I just thought that was noteworthy. And um, then in verses 11 and 12, um, Noel, you were talking about uh, Echad, and um, I did, like, a brief thing on that as well and i came to united and unit but when you when you brought it into the family unit that was that was really cool like or the forest like everything working towards the same mutual goal i i thought that was brilliant so um i also caught on in the verses 11 and 12 i'm not in the world anymore but they are in the world and i'm coming into you set apart father keep them in your name those whom you gave to me, that they may be echad as we are. While I abode with them, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept. And none of them is missing except the son of destruction, in order that scripture may be fulfilled. And the name was really standing out here. And one of Rob's final points um, really brought it back when he was talking about the seal being um, equated with apostleship. And the last word he said was authority. Because I was looking at the Hebrew word. I, I don't read Hebrew, so I'm not sure exactly what word they're translating from. But the most common is Shem or Shame. Um, Pamela, you can correct me if I'm wrong or run it. But looking at it from that perspective, that word Shem or Shame means by implication, character, fame, and authority. So I just, I really loved how I kind of stumbled on that. And then Rob... With the seal in verse 26, you just kind of wrapped it up. Keep them in your authority, your character, your fame. When I was with them, I kept them in your authority, your character, and your fame. Just a beautiful way um, of describing that. Um, and, oh, wow. Okay, so verse 13. This isn't, this isn't specifically in reference to the Hebrew, but I just made this connection in the Greek. Um, but now I'm coming to you. And speak these words in the world in order that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. So I was reading from the, Revela- or from the Hebrew, but the Greek says the same thing with fulfilled. And the Greek word used there is pleru. And you all know it very well because it's the same one that Matthew 5.17 uses in reference to the Torah being fulfilled through Yahusha. And in this verse, we can clearly see that Yahusha is not saying that joy may be finished and abolished and there's no more joy anywhere. (laughs) He's like complete and filled to the full so that everyone can enjoy it. In the same way he was referring in Matthew 5.17 to the Torah. So I just, I loved that connection. Um, And here was, here was a kind of a random one. I was reading through the wisdom of Solomon this morning and 
the verse 14 here in John stood out to me in, in reference to the wisdom of Solomon. Uh, so I have given them your words and the world had a report against them. Like the world has this report against those that Yahusha has given his words to. And this, this verbiage for report stands out because in the wisdom of Solomon, um, we see in chapter 1, verse 9, that inquiry will be made into the counsels of the ungodly, and a report of their words will come to Yahuwah to convict them of their lawless deeds. So it's almost like the world is trying to bring a report against the Kodesh ones for not going along with what the wisdom of Solomon calls their law of might. But we see, ultimately, it's going to be the, the lawless ones who are going to have the report coming against them. And then um, if you look at the Greek, that is actually not a report against them, but the world will hate them. And that is interesting as well, because moving on in the wisdom of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 12, uh, those same evil people are saying, let us lie in wait for the righteous man because he is inconvenient to us and opposes our actions. He reproaches us for sins against the law and accuses us of sins against our training. And then verse 20 in the Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 2, continues on with them condemning the Kodesh ones to a shameful death because of this hatred. So I just found that whole connection to the report and them, uh, the Kodesh ones being hated by the world but the world actually being the ones who has the report against them and will be judged inevitably. Just fascinating. Um, And, okay, I loved loved what you guys were saying about the sanctification and truth in verses 17 and 18. I think, Michael, you were spending some time on that. Uh, There was one connection that I made a while back in Psalms 119, 142. Um, that reads, your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness and your law is the truth. And that connection is beautiful because Yahushua is saying essentially the same thing. Like he's, he's quoting the Psalm, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. And then because I sanctify, oh, I'm sorry, because of them, I sanctify myself in order that they may be sanctified in truth. Like he is, he's living out the thing that was written so that we can follow it and be sanctified in the same way he sanctified himself by following the word, which is truth. And Psalm says it, he repeats it. It's beautiful. Um, verse 18, there was a note. I don't know if anyone mentioned this, like I said, screaming toddler, but on the note for the word it, it said, I think it said literal her, like a feminine noun. And that was really interesting to me because in the Greek, it's alluding that he is sending them, like the disciples. You know, as you sent me into the world, so I send them. But in the Hebrew, it says, as you sent me in the world, so I send it or her in the world. Which is fascinating because to me, that, that seems like he's talking about the rock, like the spirit of truth. And I mean, by her coming we would also go. So, I mean, it, it essentially says the same thing, but with deeper meaning to me. So that, that was beautiful. Um, moving on to verse 21. Uh, this is my last of three points. Thank you for all your patience. Um, so that they all may be echad, 
as you, Father, are in me and I in you, so that in us they may become echad, in order that the world may believe that you sent me. In us made me think about uh, the epistles of John. So 1 John 2.6, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Remaining in Yah is to continue walking in his way. So he's, he's praying. <laughs> he's praying that we do it. <laughs> And that's, like, I, I will receive that. Um, last verse in John, verse 26. And I have made your name known to them, and I will do so again, that they may know it, so that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I may be in them. And this was, this was another little shift, because the Greek says that he will continue doing so, but the Hebrew says he will do so again, like he did it and he's going to do it again. Whereas the Greek says he did it and he's just going to keep doing it. Um, not, not a lot to make about that, but more so in the name and the authority. Yahusha made the authority and the character known and he's going to do it again or did it again. I don't know. Continue to do it? Perhaps. Lastly, um, since you all brought it up about um, praying with your eyes open, praying with your eyes closed. I think there is a, I think there's a reverence thing to praying with your eyes closed. I definitely see the validity in canceling out the visual distractions around you. And um, I think as children, it really hones them in on focusing on the time with Yahuwah. Because when I learned to pray, I was a kid and closing my eyes really helped me. But also, as you, as you all were saying, with your eyes open is also, it's biblical. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17, we're told to rejoice always and pray without ceasing. And Ephesians 6, 18 says to pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So that last portion being the thing that I've really been trying to work on a lot. Intentional time, just praying for all the saints, praying for everyone that I know of who is striving to enter through the narrow gate, chasing after the footsteps of Yahushua, trying to live the way that Yahuwah has put before us to live in his word, and just petitioning for all you guys and for my family who I'm desiring to come into this out of churchianity and for my friends who I'm looking for opportunities to broach these subjects with. Like we're we're supposed to pray at all times. And I think you guys made that clear and hopefully I added some form of charity to that. That's all I have.